You're listening to Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast, bringing you the best heat media guests every single week. Here's your host, Dan Healy, brought to you by at the Miami Heat UK social media network. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 53 of Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. I am your host, Dan Healy, and we are here at the business end of the season once again, just a a few short months after the latest uh, NBA adventure ended. Here we are just five months later talking about another NBA playoff run that the Heat are about to embark on. We have three back-to-back triple header set of podcasts set up for you over the next three days and I'm delighted to introduce my first member of this uh, three-piece episode we're doing and I'm delighted to welcome back onto the podcast from the Five on the Floor pod from the Five Reasons Sports Network is Mr. Greg Sylvander. Greg, how are you, sir? I am great. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be back and it is playoff time. Let's do this. Absolutely. Greg, can you believe it? The last time we spoke um, was about, I think it was early December. We was talking about Bam, who had just signed his extension, his max. We was talking about Giannis, who had just signed his. And we was talking about the ramifications of what that might mean. And here we are just five months later and we're about to start another playoff journey. It's just incredible, isn't it? It's funny, too, because those are the two players that are primarily matching up. And it's like the universe works in funny ways, doesn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's just incredible. I think that, uh, you know, the, the, the hate um, content providing community, which is so thriving right now. Um, I think we're all due a, a bit of a rest here because we've been working flat out for a long time. And uh, we, I think we need a rest, but not quite yet. Let's just hope this goes just a few more weeks yet, because uh, that will mean another exciting playoff run is, is amongst us. Um, let's get right into it, Greg. We want to get your uh, thoughts, obviously, on this, this matchup. Once again, the rematch of the Miami Heat playing the Milwaukee Bucks after last year's uh, heat in five series. Um, I think something's going to tell me this is going to be a little bit closer this time around. But before we get on to all of that, let's uh, let's just reflect a little bit on the season. Um, it's been real ups and downs. We're going to go through it a little bit here. But first of all, a real simple question for you. What's been your sort of overriding take, your overriding thoughts on what has been real up and down uh, season here for the heat? What's your, what's your sort of biggest takeaway, if you like? It's a great question. My biggest takeaway is that um, I guess ultimately the the biggest takeaway that has any substance is that uh, Jimmy and Bam are the right players to be building around. And I feel really good about that. But that aside, truthfully, um, of of all of the recent seasons um, and particularly coming off of last year, this has not been a, a particularly fun season as a, as an, as, as a observer, as a fan, as an analyst um, it's been taxing. Obviously you mentioned the ups and downs. So you've kind of alluded to what makes it a little bit of um, you know, not as fun as when you're just winning, 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 but also just the ups and downs of some of the younger players and some of the uh, just condensed scheduling and the COVID impacts and the injury impacts and the poor start to the season. I just think all of it is very taxing. Mm. Um, 
you know, and we're just watching, we're onlookers, never mind the guys that are actually playing. So this is a season yeah. that I'm actually glad that we're getting towards towards the culmination because I feel like um, everybody needs a breather, but not just yet, but everybody definitely needs a breather. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you sort of, um, I think that's like a collective sort of fault thing here that, uh, you know, it, it hasn't been the greatest watch. It has been one of those seasons that you'll be quick to move on from. I think the NBA have done a good job in putting on basketball for us again this year. It's been tough. Um, and I, I think that that's, uh, I'm glad you alluded onto that because where we, I've sort of stopped ourselves and we've mentioned this a few times on this podcast with, uh, with some of the UK team over here that sometimes when we're trying to, when we've had some of these bad losses and there's been many of them, but, um, and we, we've been quick to criticise and, uh, and and go into sort of hammering down on some of these players. And you start to think, hang on a minute, this is, you know, you've got to remember that pretty much every other day for the last five months, apart from All-Star break, these guys have been playing, practising, travelling. Uh, and it, it's, it's been a real taxing season for them. And you, you mentioned there, it's been, you know, we're, we're just watching and these guys are having to live and breathe it in a 72 game season uh, in the space of just four or five months. Um, it's, it, it, you can't sort of undeny that, that, that we, we have to remember when everything doesn't go to plan, that these guys are just humans too. And I think that they're really going to be ready for this break. But as you say, yes, not quite yet. Let's hope that we go on just a little bit longer. Um, a couple of sort of pros and a couple of uh, um, negatives here for this season. I think the biggest one for me, Greg, and I think you'll probably agree with this. I think most of Heat Twitter agrees with this. The difference between this team with and without Jimmy Butler um, is quite enormous. 33 and 19 we have been this year with Jimmy. He's missed 20 games this season. 7 and 13 we are without him. Um, first of all, do you think that with the Heat seeding just six games back from the Bucks in third, do you think if Jimmy would have been would have been fit as a normal season, that we would have been well and truly in this mix for sort of challenging for the East? I really do. I really think, I mean, I think it was Will Manso who initially um, mentioned this stat uh, and then it's kind of caught on throughout social media that, you know, they started seven and 14 and it's almost mirroring the Jimmy uh, games played versus not games played win loss records. It's funny that you just uh, spouted those off. You know, they started seven and 14 and then have gone 33 and 18, which is essentially as good as Milwaukee's been yeah. for that stretch. And I think that, yeah, if Jimmy had played all those games, they would have been much better. But there's also a part of this that I just think um, it's taxing for everybody. So mm -hmm. it was just a season where the the teams that went the furthest have been put at a disadvantage. And I think anybody who doesn't acknowledge that is not acknowledging reality. You don't look at LA, Boston, Denver, and Miami and see the predicaments that they've been placed in with guys getting injured or mm -hmm. been limping into the playoffs or just having up and down stretches. Like there is a correlation there. So um, like essentially I am at a place where Jimmy Butler is better than I ever thought he would be in a Miami Heat uniform. And what, what it essentially has shown me from this season, I'm glad that you actually asked me this question because it allows me to circle back to my main takeaway. My main takeaway is really this. They have to do everything within their power to win a championship during Jimmy Butler's window because not very 
often do you have a player as good as Jimmy and as impactful as Jimmy in big games? So like, you got to capitalize on that. We got to go now. And so like the timeline, which was once a big talking point, and I kind of uh, minimized it has definitely accelerated from my perspective this season, watching how good Jimmy has been and how bad the team has been without him. Yeah, I mean, this is a, it's a good point. I know it's something that you spoke about before on, on Five on the Floor. And I think that, you know, I don't think we, we knew what we we got an all-star caliber player uh, in Jimmy out of nowhere, which was just a masterstroke anyway. But I don't think anybody realized just how good it, that it would just be this good, which is, uh, I think it has accelerated. And I think that maybe had, had we realized this, that maybe we would have gone all out to maybe go and get that extra star right now. Not you know that that sounds maybe a little bit harsh because that first that team in his first year did get to the finals and we're only two games away from taking it. But I think that that was um, you know almost a bit of an anomaly. And I think that right now this wasn't really a question I was going to bring up. But if you think that if this doesn't work out this year and you know we're going the hardest way about it through the seedings and where we are now, we're going to have to go through the best teams to get there. Um, if this doesn't work out, where do you think that? The, the, the next player will be then to, as you just said there, it's been accelerated. Jimmy's only got a couple of years maybe at this level uh, before maybe he starts to, uh, it starts to sort of curve off a little bit. Does the, the I mean, obviously the, the rumours are Carl Larry. Is that, I mean, personally, I'm a massive Carl fan and I'd love to see that happen, but is that enough to go and you know, to take that extra leap to bring you home a title in Jimmy's time? Uh, I think it'll be Kyle plus. I think yep. that there's some other tricks up their sleeve, maybe from a cr- front court perspective. And I think that they can get really creative with um, exercising team options and trading players and finding ways to maybe attach assets and, and get creative. And um, if Andy or Pat is listening, they would scold me because to, to skip ahead to the off season is very much a heat Twitter specific uh, but probably Heat fan, Heat Nation specific thing to do. Um, and they would say, no, wait, we got game one on Saturday. Don't look ahead. But it's it's just, it's human nature, right? I think Lowry's in play. I think that there is some credence to the idea that Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler would try to talk a player like DeMar DeRozan in, into coming and and trying to win a championship, trying to get as good a top-heavy group as you can with the salary cap constraints to go up against a Brooklyn or something like that. So I think it's going to be an active offseason. I do mm-hmm. think Lowry headlines that. I do not think he's the only option, but um, he's definitely the guy that Jimmy wanted. And I know that at the trade deadline, he was, uh, to say he was bummed that that didn't happen uh, would be an understatement. Yeah, definitely. I think that, uh, yeah, it's going to be a busy, uh, busy summer. Uh, we digress a little bit there. That wasn't what part of the, uh, the tonight's uh, agenda, but we'll come on to it. It sounds like a whole new episode coming right there. So we'll get on to that. We've got more important things right now back. to discuss. Yeah. Oh, of course. Oh, of course. Um, let's, before we get onto the Bucks, of course, let's just uh, discuss one more thing. I want to ask you, I'm going to give you three players here and I want to just sort of get a quick take, maybe a minute on each, just to say whether you think that they've been better, worse or on par with last season. Um, the first player I'm going to give you is Bam Adebayo. Better, worse, or on par? Oh, I would say better. Same. It has to be, right? Yeah. Like, I, I think people are totally overthinking this aggression on offense stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I see it, and I know that it's there, but he's still almost averaging 20 a game. Like, at some point, we have to, like, not everyone goes about it the same way, so it's just something that Heat fans have to accept, but he's no doubt gotten better. Um, and he, and 
it's important to recognize that he's gotten better with more on his plate and not every player can necessarily do that. Yeah, I think, yeah, absolutely. I think that just, just what we've seen in just in that mid range, I think is enough to be able to say, well, there's an area of his game that he's worked hard on and improved uh, just that alone, let alone, you know, some of the other key components uh, that, that he's shown us. I think that uh, everybody just wants to finish the article immediately. This is still just his second year as a starter. Um, so he's got more levels to get to, but I think it's a no brainer that Bam has, has improved as of last year and that max contract hasn't even kicked in yet. So well, I think we've got more levels to come. So I think that was quite an obvious one. This one, perhaps could be just as obvious, uh, Tyler Harrow. You know what? I'm going to say he was probably not as good as last year, Again, even though the stats, like truthfully, and I, I looked into this because I feel like if you just polled Heat Nation, they probably would all say he got worse and it was, and it's definitive. And if you look at it statistically, and I don't like to box score watch a ton, it's not that different one year over year. I mean, yes, there's a couple percentage points down on the three point shots at the same attempts. So that you're losing some efficiency there. And, um, you know, you could point to some other stuff, but for me, what it was is that in his rookie season, there was a come through in the clutch, do things in big moments, have a certain level of swagger. It's a little bit of like it, re, it was reminiscent to me of Reggie Miller, where he would go a season and he would average 21 or 18 a game, but he would have those moments that you would remember. And that was what Tyler had in his rookie year. And I feel like this season, those moments didn't happen as much. So for me, because for Tyler to be a great third key cog to me, he's always had to transcend his physical body type and what everybody, the box that everyone tries to put him in. And part of that is the stuff you can't measure, like what Reggie Miller used to do. And, I, and you know, it's just the first player that's popping into my head that came up in those big moments. And so we need to see that. And I think Tyler's going to have a huge playoff run. That's like an underrated narrative that I think will be something we're talking about going forward. But overall, I mean, I, I have to say that it has been an underwhelming campaign for Tyler. Again, I think I don't think you'll find many that would disagree. Uh, part of it may be the fan bases and our, our own expectations of Tyler. Um, perhaps a little bit unrealistic. We saw what he could do in the bubble. We saw that he's got those moments sort of wired into him. Um, we thought he was going to be a starter. He was a starter, but that didn't happen. That sort of that sort of experiment didn't really work. I'd like to maybe see that revisited when he gets a full off season behind him. And he's had this niggling injury as well. So I think that the most important thing that I would say right now with Tyler is we know um what uh, that th it has been a regression but right now he's showing maybe the be his best form of the season and I think that's huge coming into a playoff run I totally echo what you just say there I think we can see a really good um, um playoff series here uh, playoff run here for Tyler Harrow let's hope that's the case right final one then Greg um this one may be a little bit more balanced this could go either way perhaps uh Duncan Robinson oh gosh I think he's gotten better maybe he's improved. This is a weird one, right? Yeah. So like statistically he hasn't necessarily improved. I mean, uh, it, it, obviously the three point shooting came around, but there were some moments there where we all were like spoiled at that 39%. We're like, that's not good enough. Duncan <laughs> Robinson has to shoot 50% from three. So like, obviously like you mentioned expectations with Tyler. I think that we have expectations that every Duncan shot's going to go in. But for me, like the stuff he's wired into his game off the ball and moving and uh, 
cutting and playing defense in different ways and not getting uh, in as much foul trouble. I just think all of that stuff to me, it shows that he's a more complete player, that he's continuing continuing to add things to his game and I think that one of the knocks on him was like that he was just going to be a shooter and that he had this like kind of Jason Capono-esque like he wasn't going to be much more than that and that was going to be an elite thing you got from him but everything else was going to be kind of pedestrian and we're seeing that he can actually mold his game and continue to grow and if you're going to be paying him big money, which it looks like they're about to, that's what you want to see from a young player. And he's another guy that has to have a good playoff series. I said it on five on the floor recently. I'll say it again here. If he were to average 10 points a game in this Milwaukee series and shoot under, you know, 35% from three and the heat got eliminated in five, I would not want to be Andy Ellisberg handing him $20 million a year. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it, it's a weird situation there. Yeah, so it, it, I think that I agree again with what you said. It's one of the most like, surprising and um, sort of most warming things of this season is the fact that Duncan Robinson has just rounded his game off so much better than I thought any of us anticipated. Um, you know, the, we, I think we all agreed that the shooting wouldn't, he wouldn't get that free ride that he got last year. Um, but the fact that, you know, defensively, it, just the, just that alone, the fact that he's not a defensive liability anymore, anymore I think is huge. Um, yeah. So yeah, his, his IQ, I think he's working well. The fact that we're seeing he, he can now, he's not just on the line all, all the time. He's um, obviously can cut and he can get that, that you know, uh, he can move the ball around. He doesn't stop running around that perimeter. He's available every game. I think that his um, his influence on this team has been huge. So let me just ask you one question before we come on to the back stuff. Uh, just regarding Duncan, would you take going through this playoff series now, this year's Duncan Robinson or last year's? Oh my gosh, that's a fun question. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take this year's Duncan Robinson, despite he's, you know, he's not shooting quite at the same level, but I think since the all-star break, he might be shooting actually maybe even better. I haven't looked it up in a while, but I'm taking this year's Duncan, no doubt. Cause I think yeah, he can stay on the floor. Like you hit on it. Like he's not getting hunted the way that he got hunted last year. I mean, maybe certain matchups, he's still going to get hunted, but it's different this year. And I think that that's a huge plus. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So yeah, good stuff. I, I agree with you. I would take this year's Duncan as well. Right. Let's come on to it, Greg. This is uh, uh, the eagerly anticipated third free six seed heat V bucks. Once again, um, look, we blew them out. Well, we, we swept them away really in five uh, gentlemen's feet, five games. I think that was the biggest shock maybe of the, uh, of the NBA playoffs last year, this juggernaut, this regular season juggernaut being just swept aside by, the Miami Heat. Um, something tells me this year isn't going to be quite as straightforward as that. Even though the Bucks have had a worse regular season record, um, they're better, no doubt. They're better. Drew Holiday, to add into that team alone, makes them better. I look at that team now, I think there's a lot of uh, problems in that team. Drew, Giannis, obviously. Brooke Lopez worries me. Uh, Middleton, I think is uh, we, we know he's, he was excellent against us last year, to be fair as well. Um, in your opinion, what is the best way to be equipped for this team uh, to going forward? Because we've got no Jay Crowder to do a great, incredible job that he did last year on Giannis. So is this team better equipped to deal with, uh, to deal with the Bucks this year or, um, or not so much? Wow. Better equipped. Um, I think it's hard to necessarily say that at this point. Um, I don't think Milwaukee presents as as big a challenge or as big a, a an obstacle as maybe it's being uh, phrased out there um, or maybe that the like league rankings would tell you, like, for instance, like if you just look 
across all stats, like points, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, three-pointers made, rebounding, uh, all of these things, uh, Milwaukee excels to a great degree. They're at the top of the league and Miami is not. So like when you look at those things and you, you think about a series, I could easily see where people would lean Milwaukee, but the lack of Jimmy Butler in the matchups, I just think matters. And I just think that uh, I'm not sold on this idea that like now that they have Drew Holiday, they have somebody to guard Jimmy, like because it's not Wes Matthews, like now Drew's going to guard Jimmy. Nobody can guard Jimmy Butler like that. That's how I feel about that. So I think it's being a little overstated in terms of I think Drew can have a huge impact on their team defense, but he ain't stopping Jimmy. And I think that a lot of people have kind of gone to that place immediately that maybe not that he would stop Jimmy, but that he'll slow him to a degree that nobody on the roster could before. And I don't see anyone slowing him. And the other thing is that I just don't know who the heck they're going to like, if Bam is aggressive, who can guard him? Like they're not going to put Giannis on Bam. I don't think right to start. So I, I would feel like Bam has a, a real uh, opportunity to be aggressive and get going in this series. So I think, I just think it's closer than, than obviously the numbers would tell you, especially you take that seven and 14 start out for Miami. They're essentially an equal team. So while it might not be a five game series, I think it's going to be a, a really close matchup. Like I, I am not as scared of Milwaukee as some of the experts have been um, who I trust and respect their opinion greatly. I expected nothing less from that, Greg. That, that is just, the, the, just Greg, for, with a shot of culture there. Just, I am not worried about the Milwaukee Bucks. I, I love that. I love that. Um, right, as I alluded to at the beginning, we haven't got Jay Crowder to do a job on on Giannis this year. Who do we think starts on Giannis? Do we, do we put Bam or do we go with Ariza? What's your thoughts What's on that matchup? I think maybe you start with Ariza just to kind of see if he can have any level of success there. Um if Trevor Ariza can replicate what Jay Crowder did, boy, that's going to be a fun thing to watch for the off season. But um, just particularly like to let the same kind of player walk twice in a row when they uh, contribute to a big run. That's just fascinating to me. If it transpires like that, I think they'll start out with Ariza inevitably because this series is going to be more difficult to your point earlier. I think Bam's going to end up there and that's just going to be like how that they try to neutralize him, but they're going to build the wall mix in the zone. I think there's going to be some trapping stuff. They're going to try to get these guys to turn the ball over more. That's something I think that is underrated that has not been talked about enough um, that maybe forcing turnovers can be a way for Miami to kind of get out. Um, So, so that's what I'm looking for there, but I think Ariza starts on him, but it ends up being Bam's responsibility. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. The other big matchup then obviously is who guards Drew. Do we start Jimmy on Drew? Um, that's a really interesting question. You know what? I, I kind of have a feeling, um, let me think about this. So (laughs) if, if Bam ends up on Giannis, sorry, I have to like play this through here. If Bam ends up on Giannis, Ariza will probably slide over to Middleton. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Jimmy would go to Drew. I think that that's just the natural spot, right? Um, maybe if Jimmy is really doing some heavy lifting on offense, you slide him away and you see if you can survive some Kendrick Nunn minutes over there or somebody else that, you know, maybe even Andre Iguodala for a moment here or there. Mm -hmm. Uh, but ultimately, uh, I think it's Jimmy in crunch time that will be up against Drew. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think it's going to be there's going to be a lot of switches going on in this series. I think if the um, if the Heat start this series 
zero and two. Do we see a change to the lineup? We've, we're expecting it's going to be the usual five, Kendrick, Duncan, Jimmy, Trevor, Ban. Does the tweak come if we go 0-2? Even if we go 0-1, do we make a tweak or does Slow just stick with it? What do you think will happen? 0-1, I see no tweaks. Um, 0-2, if there's somebody that's particularly struggling, like let's say Kendrick Nunn in the first two games is like 4 of 14, and then in the second game he's 2 of 12. I could see them inserting Gorn into the starting lineup in game yep. three in Miami. Like that's the kind of move I would see them make. There's no other move I would see them make in the starting lineup. Or maybe I guess you could, you could lean into like, maybe you would sit Kendrick for Tyler. If Tyler is just, you know, looking really sharp, but ultimately I think it would be more Gorn and that would be the only viable one to change. I think everything else is kind of set. Yeah. And the biggest advantage while we're here about changing lineups the biggest advantage Miami has is not on the court. Shout out to the Mad Heat fan on Twitter yes. who who tweeted that. Uh, I think it's such a great point. Like, let's see if Coach Bud in Milwaukee can actually outduel Spolstra from a schematic perspective because he has not proven he can do that yet. That was going to be my next question. So I'm so glad you bounced onto that because, yeah, I mean, that was when I watched that series last year. And of course, we was the underdogs. Um, I just by that second game. I thought we've got these guys. We've got them. They that 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 it's almost like plan A didn't work and they had nothing else. And that that sort of that is all on bad. And I think that if we take game one, I think that this this could get out of hand very quickly for Milwaukee um, because Spo with a week to roll is going to love this, isn't he? He's going to love planning for this. And I think that that that's a, what exactly what you said there with a mad uh, Heat fan. Shout out to you. Yeah, it's a huge mismatch on in the coaching system. So I think that that's a really, really underlying statement. That I think that, the, that this game could be won on the sidelines. I, and you know what? Like you saying getting game one could be such a, like a spiral down for Milwaukee. Like most people would probably say, oh, look at these heat homers that are thinking that just one win, you know, would would guarantee a series. But I, I don't think they realize how demoralized mm. the heat made Milwaukee last year. And for them to go into that building as a higher seated team, there's no more of that bubble talk. And for for Miami to go in there in game one in the trophy gold jerseys and win, like to me, that is something that I think you're right. Like they would immediately say, oh, snap, is this happening again? Mm. Whereas, um, you know, if it were a team that that Miami didn't face last year, there wouldn't be that same mental stuff. And they can act like like I heard Chris Middleton in a quote say these are two completely different teams. So last year has nothing to do with this year. Well, if you and I can, uh, in our conscious awareness, bring last year into focus, so can Chris Middleton. So like at some point, like he has to just acknowledge that if they were to go down Oh one, you're <laughs> darn right. They would start to creep in and think about Jimmy and, and bam, and just, and Goran, let's not forget how good he was. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and all of that that took place last year. Yeah, definitely. And I think that um, obviously with the, the big thing that we've sort of latched onto here as a fan base is the fact that Butler hasn't played in any of the games against Milwaukee. He was a did not play, did not play, did not play. Through the Nets, he was a did not play, did not play, did not play. And then against the Sixers, he was a did not play, did not play, and then played right at the end that last game there where we won. Um, Do you think that's intentional, Dan? 
I, I don't know. I think I, I think that that. I think, do you know what? I've never really thought about it. I never really thought of it from that it angle. Hit me it, today. it could be. It could it be. hit me today when I saw it lined up like that, and you saw that like it was so clear that he didn't play in any of those games against any of those teams except for the last one when they're obviously in tight contention to get a seed. Uh, it just struck me as odd, and I just I was interested on your perspective if you yeah, think no, that it could be that calculated. I, I, I've. I would be surprised, but I never, I never thought of it that way. But I would be surprised because, you know, you you want to give your chance. You, you, you every game matters, especially in a shortened season. So you'd like to think that you want to win every time you go out, and Jimmy Butler gives you the best chance to do that. But that's interesting. That's an interesting angle. It's a good perspective to look at things. Um, okay, Greg. Before I get your predictions, um, what, how, what? I mean, let's just go one. Actually, one other question about Oladipo. Now, how big would he have been? in this series because this was exactly the reason why he was bought in he's now not going to be a part of it that's going to be that's a pretty big miss isn't it yes i'm bummed i have to be honest um i so like it's gone up and down with this oladipo experience for me as a as a heat fan because it kind of went like this initially i really wanted oladipo and then oladipo became like the third or the fourth option from a like free agent target perspective the injuries and stuff you know and then like at the deadline things were so loud about Kyle Lowry like I can just tell you that like the our our text string um between Ethan uh Adam Barai and I uh like we thought the Kyle Lowry thing was happening like it it was so close and then all of a sudden for it to become depot I have to admit like it was a little anticlimactic that that's ended that that's who they ended up with but then you saw a little bit of what he could bring on the court. And it just, it stinks that it happened the way that it did. Cause this is the exact series where you, yeah. that you got Victor Oladipo for like, um, even if Jimmy really wanted Kyle Lowry Depot would have provided what they needed in this series and many others also. And I just don't think it's going to ever happen in Miami. I don't see the fit long-term unless he's willing to make some really abundant sacrifices. And uh, it's just a shame because I feel like, if we had a healthy Oladipo with the team rounding into form the way that they are right now, the trajectory would be a lot different for me, like getting back to the finals. Yeah, it is a, it is a real shame. And as you say, well, I was thinking about it yesterday and I thought, man, this was what Depot was bought for this series. So it is a bit of a bummer that he's not going to make it. Um, before I get, I say, before I get your predictions, shout out to Philly Heat, Dr. Struess, as we know him by. He's put out a poll that's sort of taking off at the moment, which is what, what, who would win out of last year's Heat or a fully fit this year's Heat? Did you vote on this? I did vote on that and I voted on this year's team. This year's, I agree. But hasn't it been like 50-50 the whole time? It's the most amazing poll ever. It's funny. It's still got about a day to run, so uh, we'll see when it ends up. And it's been 50-50 forever, as you say. Yeah, I'm with you. Who did did you vote for? I just just shaded with this year's heat as well. Fully fit uh, this year's heat. I just That's the key to it for me, fully fit. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Right, Greg, the big moment. Your predictions, we're going to have to do this the hard way. Do you know what? In a way, as much as I was sort of a bit bummed that we didn't go through, you know, uh, Hawks, then Sixers, etc. I'm sort of relishing this now. This this Bucks, then Nets, then Sixers. You know, if you're going to do it, let's do it. Let's do it this way. So I'm now buoyant about it. I'm feeling bullish. I'm ready for this. Uh, what's your predictions for this series against the Bucks? Uh, heat and six. I'm ready. I, I really think that... Um that this is a series that Miami can take advantage of. I think it's just there. The Milwaukee love has gotten a little like they last year, they were 
not a dark horse at all. And this year they've kind of like adapted this sweetheart dark horse role in the East and, uh, and I'm not buying it. So, you know, me culture driven as always, I'm saying heat and six, I'm saying heat and seven against Brooklyn. I'm saying heat and six against the Sixers and we are back in the NBA finals. That's how I'm trending. Obviously I'm always the eternal optimist here. It would be an unbelievable run. Um, I think like truthfully, like if you really had me on truth serum, I would say that this team is probably pushing Brooklyn in a second round series is probably the limit, but I'd love to see them, you know, cause once they get to Philly, I'm not worried about Philly. They're taking down Philly. Jimmy, that's what Jimmy does. Yeah, Greg, you didn't need to retract. She was right in the first, right? In the first instance, man, you, you, you now. I just it, don't so. want people to think I'm completely crazy. <laughs> Like you're all about the culture. We don't expect anything more from Greg. Um, I'm not going to give my predictions just yet. We've got our um, Heat game day for the UK live team on with us tomorrow. And then I finish off on Friday with a preview uh, again uh, with the UK Bucks fan page. So we're going to get his perspective. And that's when I'm going to give my predictions. But I think you can have an inclination of where this is going. Greg, that was great fun. I love talking to you as always. If anybody has lived under a rock or anybody that's listening for the first time from over in the UK, first of all, welcome. But uh, where can everybody find you? You and your work over at five reasons uh yeah so thanks for having me on again i just want to say i love this podcast the stuff you do is awesome um i love to be a part of it and uh you can follow me on twitter at greg sylvander uh greg s-y-l-v-a-n-d-e-r um and five reasonsports.com you can read articles that i don't write but brady hawk churns them out quicker than ever and i uh so you can find content there and then obviously wherever you listen to podcasts please subscribe and uh listen download to five on the floor absolutely yes everybody knows how much i uh, how much i appreciate all the work you guys do all of you it's incredible uh thanks again for all your work this season we're going to go a little bit longer yet we're not ready for our rest just now um let's finish the season song it's going to be a great series uh, thank you so much again for coming on, Greg. We'll do it again at some point. Who knows when? Um, we'll see how far we go in this series first. But guys, we'll be back tomorrow. We've got, as I said, the game day from the UK live streaming team on the pod for the first time, debuting on Heating Up the UK. So come and join us for that. And then we finish up on Friday against the UK Bucks fan page. So we're going to get their perspective as well. Until then, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks a lot, guys. You've been listening to Heating Up the UK. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts to ensure you never miss a show. Also, go give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by finding our page at the Miami Heat UK. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, Miami Heat UK TV, for our latest shows and fun content. That's your Miami Heat from across the pond. Covered. Thanks for listening.